do this. God has. Able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For we know that the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. God the Holy Ghost giveth life. Now the Scripture that Bruce uttered to me the other night, John 6.63, he was uh, uh, mentioning this to me, and I could see exactly what God wanted me to do with it. It said, It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. That's the, the sorry, Bruce, that's the wrong script. He didn't give me that one. I got that one from God. I forgot I'm building my case here. It, let me read it again. Because uh, I'm reading I'm going, that's not what he gave me. It is the spirit that quickeneth. It is God, the Holy Ghost, that quickened things, that gives you a witness, that bears witness. When the Word of God, when you open it, mere paper and ink, yet something happens when you read it in a certain situation. It's the Spirit of God that quickened things to you. That's what this verse is saying. The flesh profits you nothing. Nothing at all. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. <clears throat> now, but here is the current problem, I believe, uh, with the church. Now the Scripture. James 2.26. Remember the body. We say this lots of times at funerals, but this is for us. James 2.26 says, For as the body without the Spirit is dead. Do you understand? It, I know that we're talking about a natural death of somebody that's the Spirit of God that makes me who I am and what I am. And when that goes back to Christ, I fall like a lump and I'm just a cold piece of clay. And you can obviously say, man, from absent from the body is present. Yeah, that's true. That's all true. But where I'm putting the Scripture now is with the body of Christ. The believers that God said are supposed to be alive and filled with the Spirit of Almighty God, filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And this verse also works, and I know that's what he was thinking. And it makes so much sense. It says, it is the, uh, for as the body without the Spirit is dead. The church without the Spirit of God, there's no moving of the Spirit of God. There's no anointing. There's no whipping of the Spirit of God on a certain song. There's no weeping at the altar. There's no power in your preaching. There's no nothing. Without the Spirit of God, we're dead. The church is dead. Just like a person you walk by that's in a casket. When that which God breathed in them, and they became a, a living soul, the spirit of life, God takes it back and they become a lump, a, 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 in a, a non-moving, nothing, dead piece of dirt without the Spirit of God. And that's what the church is becoming. Non-moving, unmoved, unconcerned. No more weeping of tears or, or, or for souls or agony or witnessing. Because without the Spirit of God, we become dead. Just like those you go see at funerals. It's the way it is. Joel 2.28 says this, And it shall come to pass afterward, and this is the afterward of what he was talking, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Who's that leave out? Who's it leave out? Children? Does it say that? Those of you who are senior seniors, does it say that? Bible simply states, as the Spirit of God moved upon Joel, stood up and prophesied in the name of God and said, it shall come to pass that after 
that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. God says something is going to happen when my spirit hits clay. It's going to do stuff that it can't possibly do. When God the Holy Ghost runs through your veins again, unhindered by sin and desired by you. And so God tells us all flesh. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And 29 says, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaidens. In those days will I pour out my spirit. This is for everybody. All flesh. The spirit of God. To be poured out upon you and I. And, and maybe you're one of these or maybe you're not. But I was thinking even as I was writing this through, I made this little comment to myself to tell you. It's like maybe right now you're even saying, oh man, here we go again talking about the Holy Spirit. And yet I have a, an answer for you. You bet I am. Absolutely, because this is this is where we're at. This is what we need. We got all the music in the world and all the high tech in the world and all the pretty color schemes in the world and the lightings and everything. And yet our nation is worse than it's ever been. We need the Holy Spirit back in. So yes, you bet I am. And here is why. John 7.37 says, In the last days, this has to be the last days, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, If any man thirst, and that's what God is saying to you. And we're going to go after God again. And with that song probably again to see if you thirst or if you're just going, dang at this song again. Then you're not thirsty. You're not. You're absolutely not. But Jesus stood up in the last day and said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers of it. Rivers of living waters. Not sprinkles. Not showers. Rivers of it. But this spake He of the Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God. The Spirit of life. The Spirit of burning. It says, Which they that believe on Him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Well, you do know that now He is glorified. And the Spirit of God has been given. And there should be rivers of life flowing from you and I. It's a promise. It's the spirit of promise also. It's God Almighty wanting to do this to you and I. And here's one of the keys. Luke 24, 49 says this, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And that's why, again, we're going to take time and again enter into the presence of God with that song and again sing it like you believe it and like you long for it and you're thirsty for it. And we'll see what God does. And we'll let it in the hands of God. But we'll give Him opportunity and we'll create an atmosphere where the Spirit of God has to come, has to come. Here's some examples and nothing that you don't know of of when the Spirit of God comes upon lumps of clay. Lumps of people. Judges 6.34 said, another hard time in the life of the people of God. It says, but the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew a trumpet. And this is what we need. The Spirit of God to come upon us again and we sound the alarm. We blow the trumpet. 
You remember the story, don't you? Judges 7, 18, it goes, he goes, and when I blow with the trumpet, I and all that are with me, then blow ye the trumpets also on every side of the camp and say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Now how silly those mere words would be against this vast army that had them outnumbered. How silly for just a man to beckon some silly words have a pitcher and a candle and a, a trumpet to go against this vast army, but anointed by the Holy Spirit. It becomes a weapon to defeat the enemy by God. And so the Spirit of God comes upon Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch. And they had but newly set the watch and they blew the trumpets and break the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hand and the trumpet in their right hand to blow with all. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Now think of that. Jeepers, think of it. A busted pitcher and a trumpet. Wouldn't you think, where's my weapon? The weapon was the anointing of God. God doesn't need our little weapons. The weapon was the anointing of God. Mass confusion came upon the enemy that outnumbered them and they started killing each other. It's the anointing. It's the Spirit of God that comes upon Gideon and he started his life hiding. The Spirit of the Lord, we gave the Scripture not too long ago, came upon Samson. And think what he... We just read these things sometimes and I wonder if they get into our minds. But Judges 14.6 says, And the Spirit of the Lord... This is what we're talking about. This is what we're asking to rain down on us. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Not this stuff, I just couldn't help myself, so I sinned. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he rent this animal in two. Like it was a paper lion. Oh, if we, I hope we get a replay of that in heaven. How awesome. Let's that have been as the Spirit of God comes upon a mere man. I mean, you see all these shows on uh, that do the animal shows, you know, when uh, animals attack or when animals strike back. And what the heck can man do? You know, we're, we're so smart and we can fly the moon and back and all this kind of stuff. And, and yet we're so dumb at times. I saw this guy walk up to this bison buffalo. I don't know what they call him. And all of a sudden this thing turned at him and it just went like this and flipped a full grown man halfway up into this tree. Just flipped him. Like he was a gnat. Get off. And he just flew. When animals attack. It's insane. And yet the Spirit of God comes upon this man. And if I have any thoughts, ideas, or possibly how God thinks, I do not believe Gideon was an Arnold or, or Samson or, or a Rambo. You know, that they can kill all of you before you get one bullet in me. Hollywood style. I think... Samson probably looked more like a nerd, like Clark Kent before he went in. Because that's just what seems like what God does. Because Samson wasn't going to glory and stand in front of the mirror and have all these things pop out. I just do it. And he just takes this animal and shreds it into pieces. And the Spirit of the Lord is only coming upon these people. To you and I, it is in us. In us. It is for the church to explore the resources of the Spirit. The world's not... They're the wrong Spirit. 
The world's doing their thing. They're into the dark spirit. They're into the witch thing. And the soothsayers. And the palm readers. And all that voodoo. And all that crazy stuff. It's the church's job for you and I to explore the resources of the Spirit of God. The resources of the world are futile. They're futile. They don't do nothing. We've even gone to the world over the restoration and try to get them stirred for kids and help us. And they just looked at us. Nice idea. Good way to go. Never heard from them again. Futile. The world and, and all their resources. The resources of the church are inadequate. Without the Spirit of God, you mean well, but it's inadequate. We must have the Spirit of God. We must have the fullness of the Spirit. There's an abundance of wisdom, resource, and power in God the Holy Ghost. But it's going to take people that will go after it. It will take people that will come back and congregate again and plead to Him again and cry out to Him again. Rain upon us. Open up the windows of heaven. Pour out that blessing. The Spirit of God has the resources of power, listen, greater than those that Christ could use when He was here. And don't go, oh, Scripture backs that. It backs it. And He makes possible greater works than what Christ did. That's how awesome of a promise, the Spirit of promise God left for you. John fourteen twelve says, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, he that believeth on Me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Listen to this stuff. Just a little bit of looking into the Word. Listen. He is the Spirit of God. He's the Spirit of truth. He's the Spirit of witness. The Spirit of conviction. He's the Spirit of power. The Spirit of holiness. The Spirit of life. The Spirit of adoption. The Spirit of help. The Spirit of liberty. The Spirit of wisdom. The Spirit of revelation. The Spirit of promise. The Spirit of love. The spirit of meekness, the spirit of a sound mind, the spirit of grace, the spirit of glory, and the spirit of prophecy. We must have the spirit of God and the Holy Ghost. I'm tired of people telling me, well, you got it. Then God, show me how to use it if I got it. Holy Spirit, rain down. Rain down and help this lump of dirt to know how to handle the holiness of God. How to carry the kabod of God. Scripture we know and have used many times. Zechariah answered and spake unto them, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. Every situation you are in is not going to be handled have victory over it by might and power, but it is by the Spirit of the living God. The Spirit of God. Our nation, our world, our neighborhoods, our communities are over the edge. Man cannot come up with a plan to fix it. It is time for the church to rise up filled with the Spirit of God. If we have to rent the kid in pieces, then we rent it and give the glory to God. Just like they did in the Word of God. Tell the Lord tonight when we sing again, God, I don't want nothing but fire. Forget about your bills. Forget about your back. Forget about your kids. Forget about... Say, God, I come. I want nothing but the fire of God. That's what we want. There were times as four of our kids were growing and growing 
It was always, I want this, I want that. They got more than me. I want these shoes. I want these jeans. I want that. I want this. I want that. I want this. I want that. And after a while, sometimes you want to go, will you get away from me? You always come because you want something from me. You know, first it was okay with the, the penny, then the nickel, then the dime, then the quarter. Then the dollar, dollar, look at that. Give me. And it was the 20, then the 50, then the shoes, then the car. And after a while, you're like, dude, I'm your father. Do you remember me, your dad? Do you ever just come to me? Because I'm your dad. That's what tonight. My gosh. What's God here every day? Every day. Do this for me. Do that for me or I'll die. What about this? What about that? I mean, I know God's not like me, but you think he'd probably go. What? <sighs> just say, God, I want nothing. I want nothing. Spirit of God. God. Just God. Just you, God. That's all I want. At Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came like never before. Like never before. More intense than ever. This is what we need. This is what we need. The Spirit of God to come into us like never before. The Spirit of God. The Spirit of promise. The Spirit of witness. The Spirit of burning. All those things to come into us. We're going to do it again. First time was awesome. It was sweet. Worshiping God. I have sung that song in my office, my basement, in my car. When I'm in my office, Kill the lights back there. Make it so dark you can't even see anybody. And we just bellow out that song. Do that tonight. Forget Chris is over there. I'm over there. Clint's over there. Let's just lower the lights and ask God. God, send the rain down. Pour out the Spirit of God over our church and over our lives, God. Will you do it one more time? Please, let's stand. Patrick, when you're ready, you want to come down here and stand? Absolutely wonderful. Starting to invite you to come to the altar. It's just something that's a special place. Let's come and praise God. Sing that song like you're alone with Him. Nothing is impossible with our God. It doesn't matter how long your heart has been dead. It doesn't matter how long situations in your life have been dead. Worship God. Worship Almighty God. Let the Spirit of God know that He is welcome in this place. Come, Holy Spirit. Yes. Sweet, sweet Spirit of God.